Good morning. morning. Happy Sabbath. Is this a happy Sabbath for you today? It is? Is this a happy Sabbath for you? Everybody say amen. Amen. Uh, Remember the song, if you're happy and you know it, say amen. (laughs) Amen, amen. We, my wife and I, we count it a privilege to have received invitations to come and to uh, share the word of God with you. We thank uh, you for, we thank, uh, what's it? Sarah. Sarah? Oh, that's right. The Bible name, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, for inviting us to be here today with you. Um, I've come to, um, to give you a word from the Lord. Uh, Not anything that I have concocted, but word from the Lord. I come to testify in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and, um, and, and to celebrate with you, my brothers and sisters. When Christ comes back again, he's not coming to look for what title you wear. There will be no titles. He's coming back for his children. He's not, he, when we get to heaven, he won't be calling us this, that, and the other. It'll be his children. Welcome my children when we get home. The Bible says, to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become sons and daughters of God. So we are family. Doesn't matter where you came from, no matter what color you are, if you have received Christ into your life, you are a brother or a sister in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so I've come to give a message to you, my brothers and my sisters, if that's all right. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, let the word I express be life to everyone that hears him. Let my heart be cleaned, my mind, dear Lord, be free from any selfishness. But let the love of God move in this place now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Reading from my favorite Bible translation is the Living, the New Living uh, Translation. And so I'm reading our scripture from that today. Um, The title of my sermon is called, I Found Life. I Found Life. And the text is, as was read before, but this time it's going to be from the New Living Translation, John 1, verses 1 through 5. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. And the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. That the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Hallelujah for the light. The word of God, 
I don't know if you noticed this in the Bible, but I had to learn this in my own life, how the word of God has come to us on this earth. The word of God has actually came in three forms on this earth. At first, it was a spoken word. Am I right? The Bible says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. So the word, this, the, the, when this earth was created, the spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. And the Bible said God spoke and said, let there be light. And then God spoke and brought creation into the world. And then God kept speaking. <laughs> we call it the oral tradition. God kept speaking. He spoke to Adam. He spoke to Eve. He spoke to uh, their children. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to Isaac. He spoke all the way up until Moses. God had the, what we call the oral tradition, that the word of God was passed on by, from word of mouth. But then God changed the word to a different form. He changed it to the written form. And on the day when Moses went up to, to Mount Sinai and God wrote his law with, with the finger of his hand, when God wrote that law, that law was the beginning of the written word. Amen. You hear me now? You understand where I'm going, right? It's oral, then it was written. And the written word uh, was what we call the Mosaic law, you know, and the Ten Commandments in which God had written. All these laws were, 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 were written. And then from the time of Moses until the time of Jesus, they followed the written law. But then when Jesus came, it became the living law, the living word of God. We are living in a time now where uh, we're not controlled by the written word of God. It's the living word of God. Ellen White called it a dispensation of the Holy Spirit. So now uh, it's the living word of God. I had to find this for myself. And the reason why I'm bringing it out is because it has been good. God has shown me this in, in his life. He first he spoke it. Then he wrote it, <laughs> and then Jesus came down, and he lived it. And the Bible says that um, uh, uh, <laughs> the Bible says, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfalling, unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of his father of the Father's one and only Son. Now watch this. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. That's the written word. So God did what the law could not do. What did he do? He changed it to a living word. He sent his own Son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared on and in to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us 
who no longer follow after sinful, our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. It changed from oral to written, and now it's living. And the spirit of God, the Bible said, the word became flesh, and it lived among us. And God told Nicodemus, you must be born again, because without that spirit, you cannot have the life of God's word. I hope I'm not trying to get too deep on you this morning as I, as I bring this out. But I'm telling you how I found God. It's the same thing. My mother raised me to love the Lord. And that, that, that woman saved my life many times through prayer. But she taught me. She took us to church. I, I raised in the Baptist church. And she, we sang in the choir. And, and but my mother taught me. And she prayed for me. And she asked, always asked God to help me. So I remembered what my mother's prayers were for me. And then I started trying to find the God that my mother was serving. And the first thing I did was I tried to follow him through the oral presentation. I said, love to hear preachers preach. I said, always want to go in here with the word of God. Somebody's preaching the word of God. And I was raised with preachers who could just preach the paint off the walls, you know. And, and I said, well, always want to come and listen to him. That preacher preach. I was looking for the word of God through the spoken word of God. And I was trying to find life. But I kept listening, kept going, but it wasn't changing me. It was not, I love go to church, boy, we shout and have a good time, everything, but I still left, I, I still wasn't changed. So the word of God, I couldn't understand what was happening. Then I decided to, ch to chase after the written word of God. That means I decided to start going to different churches and, and following their doctrines, what their teachings were, the written word of God. And I did that for every church you can think of. Catholics, Pentecostals, Baptists, every church you can think of, I went because I was looking for God in the written word, in their doctrinal teachings. I didn't know. I didn't know exactly what I was doing at the time, but I was looking. And I can remember tearing for the Holy Spirit in a Pentecostal church uh, all night long to try to receive the Holy Spirit. And I, I remember I sat there and they, they kept telling me, they said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I kept saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, and then uh, and I was hoping I, I would get it. I would get God's Spirit. Well, about 5 o'clock in the morning, they ended it, the session, and I felt like I had the Holy Spirit. And so I went home and I told my mother, I said, Mom, I have the Holy Spirit. She said, boy, you don't have anything. And I said, you're right, and I went to bed. <laughs> but I kept searching. And then out of the blue, I was raised in South Bend, Indiana. A little short Caucasian man came into the neighborhood. He was giving Bible studies to my sister, her family, and I think a couple of my aunts. I met this guy on a Sunday morning. And um, he, was, he was there representing the Dorcas Society. You ever heard of the Dorcas Society? 
He had brought my, 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 my sister a dryer, clothes dryer, from the Dorcas Society. I thought that was amazing. What made it so amazing, he was in a black neighborhood where the police were afraid to come in. And I wonder, how could this guy come into our neighborhood? And how could this guy, you know, uh, have the courage to do that? That, that marveled me at the first place. And he was, and I asked him, could you give me Bible studies? And he said, yeah, I could come. So I told him to come in two weeks. I have my house, and I, he could get the Bible, come to the Bible studies. And in two weeks, he came. When he came to the house, he had um, with him a tall, slender black man. And they, I called him Salt and Pepper. They had been preaching the word of God as lay, lay evangelists in South Bend, Indiana. And, they, and most of the people that was in Misha, the Mishawaka Church, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but the Mishawaka Church was, was, was a Caucasian church. And the South Bend Church, Berean Church, was, was the African-American church. But these two guys were in the neighborhood preaching and teaching. And when they came to give me Bible studies, the, 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 the little white guy, and I, I'm, I'm going to call him Arnold from now on, okay, you know who I'm talking about. Arnold, uh, he would ask me questions, and he would lead me, and they would answer my questions about the Bible. And uh, the, the black man, Arnold would ask the question, the black man always had the answers because he could quote the entire Bible. I mean to tell you every word for word he could quote it. It didn't do anything for me. It, 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 you know, I could hear the quoting, but I looked at Arnold. And the way Arnold treated me, I saw the life of the word of God in him. I was attracted to that life. And that's where I found life. He was giving me Bible studies, and, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, the Adventist church does have the truth. I'm not the authority to say that, but, but it does have the truth, and I've searched them down everywhere, but it does have the truth. This man would invite me to his house, and I'll be honest with you, it was a rough time during that time. It was back when Martin Luther King had gotten killed and the, uh, Detroit burned, baby burned, was going through all those things. He invited me to his house for dinner every Sabbath. <laughs> and my wife and I, we would go. This is my, the one who had my first six children. It's another whole story. We would go to his house every Sabbath his wife, they were vegetarians, so his wife, she could make some of the best dishes, you know. I mean, she could, she could cook better than my sister-in-law. And uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that would be funny. That's, that's my sister-in-law over there. <laughs> but, but she, every Sabbath, I look forward to going to church with them. That's how he got me to church. And we would come to their house, and I would ask him questions about uh, spirit of prophecy, and he would answer questions about the Bible, and he would answer all these hard questions I knew nothing about, and would find the answers. I enjoyed doing that. 
But what I was doing was I was finding life. I was, I was opposed, not opposed to just good preaching, life in, 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 in studying the word. No, life in the living reality of God being in me. And Arnold, he didn't know what it started a friendship because I had I was estranged from my dad at the time. We did not talk, uh, and I, I in fact I, early part of my life I, I did not like him at all um, because of what I've seen him do to my mom. So I did not like my father. And Arnold would invite me to his house every week, and pretty soon I, after a year of going to the house, he knows good good vegetarian meals, <laughs> I, uh, I joined the church. And when I joined the church, it was the church in Mishawaka. It was an all-Caucasian church. There wasn't but a few of us in there, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and, but but uh, Arnold, he wasn't afraid to invite me to his church. There's a lot of prejudice was going on in the world's end during that time. But he invited me to his church. After a while, I would go on Bible studies with him. And he taught me how to give Bible studies before I was baptized. And then I would go uh, um, uh, with, with, with some of the church members out every Sabbath, you know, to, pre- pre- to spread the good news. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says life is found in God. It's not, it's not in the academics of the word. It's the life of the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, the glory of the father, full of grace and truth. That glory is his presence. When God told Nicodemus, you must be born again, that's no joke. In order to get out of this world, in order to overcome sin, in order to be saved, in order to be born again, you have to be born again. That's, the, that, that, that's what the Holy Spirit has done for us in these last days. It becomes living. We, it, it's, not, it's not enough just to know about God. God, you must accept God and have God living in you. It's called a born-again experience. Everybody who's going to heaven, everybody who will leave this earth will have that born-again experience with God where the Spirit of God has now changed their lives. Even if it's in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, it's God's Spirit will change their lives. This man kept giving me Bible studies, and I began to go around in South Bend with him, and I went back to my friend, guys I grew up with. Start giving Bible studies to them, guys that I used to uh, <clears throat> do things with, and uh, uh, you know, smoking and drinking and all those things. I went back to them, and after a while, giving Bible studies, five of those guys found the Lord, and six of us went to Oakwood College, Oakwood College at the time to become ministers of God. They were, they, some, one guy was about to cut a record to go to Motown, gave his life to the Lord. 
Another guy was Muslim, you know, and, and believed in, did not believe in, in the white man and, and everything. And all these guys, it wasn't me. It was the living word that was in me. You can't just convince people about God. You have to have some power within you. That power must change the lives of someone. God came into, this, in, in, into, into my life. He came to these men's life. To this day, I'm retired. Went to Oakwood. I graduated, went into ministry. Stayed in ministry for 31 years in the Pacific Union Conference the whole time, you know, and uh, worked in a union office, worked in the conference office, moved up the rank. But it was because of the life that was in me. Ladies and gentlemen, my father could not read or write. I came from a very, very obscure background. It was very, very hard on me to go through life. Even when I went to Oakwood College, you know, I, 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 I had never seen some of the things they were teaching me before. But I went on anyway because I was led by the Spirit of God. And those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. Amen. When I went to Oakwood College, I was married. I had uh, five kids at the time, and while I was there, my, 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 my wife had another child, and uh, it was six kids that, that, that my wife at that time left me with six kids while going to school at Oakwood College. I had to have something supernatural in me to handle that situation. That's how I met my darling over here, you know, at Oakwood, God gave her to me. She didn't, she didn't have the background I had. She was raised Adventist. Her father was an Adventist minister. She didn't have all, but God did for me what he did for Adam. <laughs> Amen. He touched my life and brought her to my side. And we've been married now 40 years. She met me. I was raising six children by myself and, uh, and God. <laughs> I better say God and myself. <laughs> you know. But I was raising those children. All those children are grown now. And my wife, Imelda, today has given me two more. So we've raised eight children. We have 30 grandchildren and 14 great grand. I guess she told you all this. Of oh, 17, she corrects me all the time. 17. Why do men forget those things? I don't know why. <laughs> you know, 17 great grands. But uh, it was all because of the life that was in me, the life that God had given me, the life that, uh, 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 that I, I can't explain to you how it was and what happened. But I can tell you that God made a difference. And this is what the Bible says. It says, all who believe, and I'm reading from 1 John 5, 10 through 12. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about his son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life. This is God's testimony. He has given us eternal life. 
And this life is in his son. Whosoever has the son has life. And whosoever does not have the God's son does not have life. God, when, when Christ comes to you, you have life. Life eternal. I don't care how broken down or messed up you are. When he starts working in you, he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will never stop. That's why a lot of people die. A lot of my friends who, who gave themselves to the Lord still had habits, and they died with those habits and everything. I knew they were saved. You know why? Because when God comes in and starts a work in you, God does not leave you. Do you believe that? That gave me great comfort. They met him. They accepted him. The Bible said to as many as received him, to them he gave the power become the sons and daughters of God. And I watched a lot of guys. I, I grew up in the streets of South Bend smoking weed and what have you and doing those things. I watched a lot of those guys die. But I also watched God save them before they die. I know somebody ought to say amen. amen. It is. It is God himself that does these things in our lives. And then it says... One day, let me finish you with Arnold. When I decided to go to Oakwood, I went away for a weekend with the Lord. And during that weekend, I had a vision. And the Lord told me to go to Oakwood College. I had no high school diploma. I had quit school to join into the black movement and called the white man, the devil. I had quit school. But then when I decided to go back to school, I had no diploma, no, no, no education. So I said, Lord, give me the strength. Help me to make it through school. I went away for the weekend, and he showed me. I, I, I have so many stories I can tell you. I can't get all these stories in. But in that weekend, I saw God come to me and touch me that I was going to be a pastor. And it encouraged me to go to Oakwood College. And I loaded up my family. Come and listen to a story about a man named Jeb. <laughs> Poor mountaineer <laughs> who barely kept his family fed. <laughs> Then one day, he was shooting up. <laughs> well, God told me to pack up, and we moved not to hills, but to Oglewood. <laughs> and we, went, we moved to the woods. And I took my girls. I, took, I had three girls, three boys. Well, I had two girls and three boys. Or three girls and two boys. Um, and I, we got to Oakwood, and I didn't know what to do after I got there. But I followed him. Oh, I can tell you so many stories. When you have these experiences with God, I remember we got there. I didn't have any money to get in school. I didn't have any diploma. But guess what? That August before I went to Oakwood, I decided to go take my GED. And I went to take the GED. It took me five days Get the five different tests you would take. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. Five different days you would take tests. 
I took those tests Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. When I got to Friday, it was time for math. I did not, I was, I was pitiful in math. And uh, because I quit school, I really didn't get into algebra. So when I took that test, it had things that I had never seen before on there. How you can get, a, get an answer to a question by using a negative. I had never seen that before. You call that? <laughs> I had never seen that before. I sat there and looked at that paper. And I said, Lord, I don't know what this is. And the Lord spoke to me. I'll lead you. You see, ladies and gentlemen, once Christ is in you, he leads you. He don't expect you to do things without him. He don't expect you, he don't try to pay you back for the things you have not done. He leads you. He guides you. I sat there. I looked at that paper. He told me, write. I began to write. Ladies and gentlemen, when the test came back, I passed the GED. I was in the upper 10% of the nation. My score was in the upper 10% of the nation on the GED. I don't know how I made it through the math. I really don't know, but God brought me through. And so when I went to Oakwood, after being there a month or two, I got my GED, and I went on through school. Now, let me tell you one other quick story on this. I had... Um, um, my, I was in a math class trying to take, uh, uh, again, algebra. <laughs> this time I was in college. And uh, I didn't know what to do with that stuff. I really didn't know what to do with it. And I remember going to the complex at Oakwood there and talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I ended up, it was time for the finals. I had a D minus in math. And I sat there in that room that day and said, Lord, what am I going to do? And a guy walked in. And he said, hey, man. <laughs> he was from Africa, but he sounded he was from Jamaica. You know, he said, hey, man. Said, How you doing? He said, you got some problems? Yeah, I have problems, sir. What are the, what are the problems? I said, I can't understand his math. He said, all you need to know is the principles. Once you get the principles, you can do anything. That's what the word of God is, isn't it? <laughs> you can do anything. And I sat there, and he showed me what the principles were. I came back the next day. I got a 96 on that test, the final. And I I seed my way through. <laughs> Amen? Because of the moving of God. That's life. This God came and gave me life. And not just every, not just eternal life, but how to live. And I got to quit. I know I'm getting late here on you guys. I have to live. 
He taught me how to live. Every aspect of life, through a divorce, through my wife leaving me, through raising the children by myself, he was giving me life. He led me through everything. So when the man, son of God, begins to work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, and he will not let you go. He will not turn you down. I had some terrible times. What am I going to do when this woman left me with six kids at Oakwood? How am I going to handle this? And God gave me an ease. She came along, and we've been married now 40 years in October. And I tell you, every morning is the same. I wake up and say, is this really real? You know, this really real. It's because God gave me life. And every one of you, God gives you life. You don't have to be like uh, HMS Richards or Ellen White. You have your own life. And God will take you through that life. And you have a testimony of what God has done and what God is doing in your life. Now, I'm a testifying preacher, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to close, close with this. It says, and this is what it says, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we all will be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living, will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Ladies and gentlemen, I will see honor when I go to heaven. I will see my mother when I go to heaven. I will see my father who had a rough life, but before he died, he gave his life to Christ. I will see him in heaven. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we all will shout the victory. Arnold died while I was at Oakwood. He sent me $50 a month while I was in school for 10 years. When he died, his wife asked me to do his funeral. And I must say this before, before I finish. He said, one time I came home from school from Oakwood. He said, Bobby, he says, I never had a son. You're my son. He says, Bobby, I won't get a chance to stand before thousands of people and speak the word of God. I'm just, I'm local, local around here in the area. He said, but one day you will stand before thousands of people. Ladies and gentlemen, all over the world, I have stood before thousands of people. And Arnold told me, he said, Bobby, he says, and he kissed me on my cheek. Only God could have done that. 
And he, and, and he said, Bobby, I, I hope to see you. You know, when Christ comes, you know, you'll, you'll have one of, one of the stars in my crown will be yours. <laughs> you know, your star will be in my crown one day. And I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Seeing Arnold. I did his funeral, and at his funeral, he had been an elder there for 50 years. <laughs> and at his funeral, uh, a lot of the young people who had left the church came back for the funeral because they knew him when they were young growing up in the church. They came back, and at that funeral, at that funeral, I made an appeal. And those kids came down in groves and rededicated their lives to the Lord and came back to the church. That was because of the work Arnold did, because of the work God did in me. Ladies and gentlemen, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. Will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing in what? Yes. The victory. Amen. Thank you.